from Relay FM. This is Upgrade, episode 316. Today's show is brought to you by Mint Mobile, Hover, and Matthias. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Jason Snow. Hello, Jason Snow. Hello, Mike Hurley. We're back. We're it's back. day after episode 315. It's our new daily podcast. Welcome Upgrade. to Upgrade Daily. Uh, this mm. is, uh, what would this be like? Upgrade Pro Max, I guess. I have a hashtag Snow Talk question, and it comes from Josh. And Josh wants to know, quite simply, Jason, did you enjoy today's Apple event? I loved it. You know, the number one reason why is it only took an hour. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it was a short one. I, I actually am a proponent. I know it's more work for everyone else, but I would much rather Apple hold an event every month or two and roll out a product or two than have them hold a bunch of products and then just, you know, give us a barrage of products over two hours, you know, and then go away for six months. You say, you say, you say it'd be more work. I actually think over time it wouldn't be more work because we'd get used to it and it'd be less of an, a quote-unquote event. Well, I, I think there's a, a cost that Apple has in building it and that we haven't covered it, but I, I'm thinking of Apple. I, I do think it's more work to do two product launches than one because you have to contact all your, you know, press people and brief them and all of that and, and set it up not just once, but then set it up again. Like, I think there's more work involved in doing two than in doing one, but it, I think it's better for, for us, certainly, to have more to talk about spread out. And I liked I liked how... It was snappy. It was an hour. We were uh, we were out of there. It, I mean, we weren't in there to begin with because it's all mm-hmm. virtual, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, usually there could be a wonder like, will the episode go longer than the keynote or not? Who knows? This one, most definitely, definitely. yes. Uh, if you would like to send in a question to start off a future episode of the show, just send out a tweet with the hashtag SnellTalk or use the command question mark SnellTalk in the Relay FM members' Discord. Jason, I would like to spend a moment talking about our wonderful friends over at St. Jude. Uh, mm-hmm. Throughout September, we are raising money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Did you know that in the U.S., more than four out of five children with cancer survive? But in many developing countries, more than four out of five of these children will die. The St. Jude International Outreach Program is a global initiative for St. Jude to develop one-on-one relationships with 24 hospitals in 17 countries in low- and middle-income areas like Mexico, Haiti, and the Philippines. St. Jude is leading the way that the world understands, treats, and defeats childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases, and St. Jude will not stop until no child dies from cancer, and we will be, alongside with them, continuing to raise money like the rest of our wonderful community community has been doing donate today at stjude.org slash relay you can support st jude kids from around the world during childhood cancer awareness month once again that is stjude.org slash relay a couple of big notes on this right we mentioned yesterday that we'd passed the half a million dollars total raised over the last two years well now for this year's campaign for the 2020 campaign we have as of today passed over 200 thousand dollars raised which is absolutely unbelievable and we're going to top it all off this week with podcastathon 2 2 to 8 p.m eastern time friday the 18th of september twitch.tv slash relay fm it is going to be a six hour charity event benefiting saint jude We'll be doing everything on video. We've got a bunch of fantastic segments planned, a wonderful set of Relay FM guests. So from hosts and guests, we have 
excellent interviews with uh, people that are involved with St. Jude, people that work at St. Jude. We've got so much stuff planned. This is going to be bigger and better in every way from last year. And Jason, I am very excited to have built the balloon room. I have erected a gazebo inside of Mega Studio that I will be filling with balloons. I'll put a link in the show no- in the show notes to a video I made today where I put the first 100 balloons in the balloon room throughout the evening. For every I, we I, we need to decide the exact amount, so amount TBD. But it, for basically, we will be setting a donation amount that every time someone donates X amount of dollars, another balloon will go in the balloon room with the hope of filling the balloon room, the goal of filling the balloon room throughout the evening. And I will be broadcasting live from inside of the balloon room. Mm. Uh, so that that is just my one of the little hijinks. Steven's been building something oh man steve steven has been working hard on something yeah. that we cannot reveal yeah. that will be amazing so for basically it will be the the steven's version of what i'm doing but obviously yes. in a very steven way um so you can tune in for those and we'll be, we're going to be doing challenges uh we're going to be doing so much stuff jason has been putting together an absolutely epic game show featuring a bunch of relay fm hosts there are about, i think i think there's nine total relay fm hosts in that in that that set of segments that i did with uh that I, we finished uh, recording yesterday so that there'll be some game show shenanigans happening so don't forget two to eight p.m eastern time uh in the show note the tweet that i've linked of mine has the times in a bunch of different time zones i guess considering i'm only going to mention it for the last time here now on this show i'll say it now 11 to 5 11 a.m to 5 p.m pacific 1 p.m to 7 p.m central 2 to 8 p.m eastern those are u.s times 7 p.m to 1 a.m in the uk and 8 p.m to 2 a.m in uh, i think it's central europe is the time zone um, so it's given you a much better set, I think, uh, f- of time zones. Twitch.tv slash RelayFM. Tune in for all of it. Tune in for some of it. And bring your wallets to donate. So yeah. we're, we're really... I am so excited for Friday. Um, I am very concerned about the amount of work to do between now and then, but it's going to get done, and I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. So thank slash Relay. Busy, busy week. Uh, Okay, before we get into talking about the Apple Watch and iPad updates that we got today, I guess we, I suppose we have to score the draft. Jason, I was so frustrated. (laughs) This one, this was this was a real roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As as in one hour, we we took a ride (laughs) with the uh, with our draft picks from yesterday. Also, I think it feels different having only made the picks a day ago to watch them go up in up in flames than it does if you've got a week to sit on them or forget Usually, them. Usually the like the day of the draw a day of the event I'll go through the draft document again and score it based on how I think it's actually going to go. I looked at mm-hmm. it today and was like I can't score it any differently to yesterday in my mind. Um basically this was a tie and Jason won by the tiebreaker. I would to mm-hmm. lose on the tiebreaker. Ah, oh, the worst. Yeah, six, 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 six tie. Six. Well, and I mean, it could have been worse, Mike. It could have been an uh, an eighty nine minute long event. That's because true. Because the tie the tiebreaker was, will it be over or under ninety minutes? And it was sixty minutes. So it, at least it wasn't close on the tiebreaker. Um, but the rest of it's I we have scored six six. Do we need to? We should we should go through it really quickly. Yep. just to satisfy everybody. So you had a low priced Apple 
Oh, no, sorry. You didn't get the low-priced Apple Watch replacing no, the Series so here, 3. That here, was one you we, didn't get. We need get. to mention this. Yeah. So I, I, they, they announced the new Apple Watch SE, and I flipped it over to blue, and I was like, got it. And then they said, oh, and by the way, the Series 3 is still there. <laughs> and the way I picked it, and I shouldn't have phrased it this way, no. was low-priced Apple Watch replaces it just Series been... 3. Yep. Should have just said introduced, mm-hmm. said replaces Series 3. And so that went from blue to red mm-hmm. in the in the scoreboard and that point came off the board which was brutal but i did get low cost watch omitting always on display now there's yep. a little bit of a debate about this there is um we could have phrased it better i think but it was considered valid so if it if you couldn't ever possibly prove a negative we probably shouldn't have phrased it this way but the idea is that the low cost watch they did not announce an always on display because it doesn't have one and that was what i was getting at yeah this was a bit not good from Apple though, right? Because like the reason that there was question is like, oh, it's the same display as the Series Six. Like it's not, is it? And, and also they they kept talking about the always on altimeter. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's not that's not the right thing. And I guess I guess the argument that 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 Apple would probably make, and I, you know, it's fine. This is it, but it's not in the spirit of the way people think about it. Is it's actually the processor that allows for the yeah. Uh, for, but anyway, it doesn't have an always on display, so so. So it, it does that. That is a thing that they left off of that new uh, Apple Watch SE, and um, and the one that honestly I, I took a shot in the dark in, and I was choosing between a bunch of things that didn't happen and this one, and I picked this one, which was new watch body color, and yeah, mm-hmm. there's a blue aluminum, and there are a bunch of them, and there's there are a, a bunch red. of colors. Um, the there's a product red, yeah. So I got I got that one. Uh, you also got. All of your iPad picks, so edge-to-edge screen, second-gen Apple Pencil, and surprisingly, I think, Magic Keyboard, uh, but we'll come to all of that in a little bit. And you yep. also got iOS or iPadOS 14 release date announced. It's I tomorrow! It's Whee! tomorrow again. We're going to get to that in <laughs> detail later on. I thought that we were just going to give those to ourselves because they're like, oh, it come, you know, like ships next week. But like, no, at the literally at the end, they were like, no, we're going to spend time talking about that. So yeah. uh, I got uh, watch gets a new health focus sensor. An right. Apple Watch Oxygen. model gets extended battery life. I cannot believe I didn't get the hand washing one, Jason. That felt like a lock to me, but nevertheless. New non-pro iPad gets flat edge design and touch ID. And also um, I got the Apple Fitness Workout Service introduced and Watch OS 7 release date announced. Yeah, no, I, I think you did that wrong. There, I, I, you didn't get extended battery life, and you did get the services. Oh, my button. apologies. My apologies. I, I marked that incorrectly. Yeah, yeah. So I got the, uh, didn't get the extended battery life. I got the the flat edge design, touch ID sensor, fitness service, watch OS 7, services bundle. They were my six. So, so just to be clear here, I beat you on Apple Watch 2 to 1. Mm-hmm. I beat you on iPad Picks 3 to 2, but on fr- our 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 needs a new name free picking round you you cleaned up in the free picking area three to one mm-hmm. but that left it six to six which left the tiebreaker to over or under 90 minutes runtime which both of us thought was a perfectly fair yep uh, way to divide it and it was 60 minutes 60 minutes and out so i will take this on penalty kicks another draft one and i continue my uh, streak of never winning in September. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a second September. Well, probably not. Well, you never know. Probably not. I'm still going to try and get one mercy victory before the end of the year. I'm going to try very hard. I probably have at least one more shot. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Hover, one of Relay FM's longest running sponsors. 
When you have that one big idea, idea, where do you go? For a ton of entrepreneurs, Hover is that first big leap because your business starts with a great domain name. And Hover has over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. No matter what it is you're looking to build, there is a domain name waiting for it and Hover will help you set it up. They even have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have. They are dedicated to getting you online, not upselling you. Hover has free who is privacy so the bad guys don't get your info, a clean user experience and uh, user interface, monthly sales on top-level domains. It, and it, so all of these reasons and many more is easy to see why Hover is the popular choice for people starting businesses and has been my personal choice for domain registration for years. I have so many domains of Hover. Just a couple of days ago, I had a bright idea and the first place that I went to was I went to Hover and was like, okay, I have an idea for what I want this project to be called. First thing I want to do before I start working on it is can I get the domains that I want? And I could. And it's so simple. You just go to hover.com. I type in what I'm looking for with or without the TOD sometimes. But sometimes I'll just be like, I want the .com for this. So I'll write out the phrase .com and it'll say, yep, that's available. Register. Done. And it's like minutes to have it done. And one thing that I do a lot is forward domains. They make it so easy to forward domains, which I think is super awesome. I know that you love great user experiences. Listeners of this show love those. And you want things that are going to work straight out of the box. That's why you're going to love Hover. Buy your domain and start using it today. Go to hover.com slash upgrade and you will get a 10% discount on all new purchases. That's hover.com slash upgrade. Make a name for yourself with Hover. A thanks to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. So let's talk about the Apple Watch. Um, so yeah. Tim set it out at the start that there were two product lines to talk about today. Apple Watch and uh, the iPad. So whilst not saying we're not going to talk about the iPhone, they at least no, made it clear alas. at the beginning. Um, so I, you, you mentioned, we kind of touched on it already, we've got new colors. So we have a blue and a gold. Um, and like it's a yellow gold. Uh, so like it's, they've actually brought mm-hmm. back something that's more, looks a little bit more like the addition. Uh, it's a yellow gold stainless steel option. And a new dark gray called graphite stainless, because uh, I guess we need another different dark color name in Apple products. Mm. Um, sure. And also the first uh, product red Apple Watch. They are losing the ceramic edition and keeping titanium. Mm. Big big news for titanium fans out there. I'm just so happy big, that bad Apple news for me. seems to be embracing the anodized colored aluminum thing again. Like they, you know, they go back and forth on whether they want to have colored products or whether they want them all to just be various metallic grays. And uh, that that red is going to work for some people. For me, I looked at the blue one. And I was like, oh god, that blue one is gorgeous. I love it. Love it. Yeah, I'm I'm disappointed about this. Uh, I really love the ceramic Apple Watch. I have the ceramic Series Five, and it's a shame. Like I love the all white, and and it's a shame for me to lose that one. Um, I mean, maybe I'll just say it right now. It's like I, I don't think I want this Apple Watch. Yeah. Um. So I'm not too fussed, and like maybe I'll get what I want for the Series Seven, and they'll bring the ceramic back again. Who knows? Um. But I do agree with the churn of of uh materials and colors i think that apple should be doing this um they should be putting new colors into the line even if so you end up catching people who think they might otherwise want their watch for another two years you know maybe people that have the series four were like ah, i don't know and then they see the blue one and like oh i would love a blue watch and then they go with it you know mm-hmm. uh the major new feature um 
it's a health feature is the blood oxygen sensor. Uh, this is something that we were talking about yesterday. Um, so basically, this is a sensor that reads uh, periodically your blood oxygen level or takes 15 seconds to do a reading. And I watched the keynote. I've read the website. And basically, what I can see is it's about understanding the oxygen levels in your blood. But honestly, having consumed the video what and read the, the website, I don't know why... <laughs> I want this. So it is so this is it, it is actually a medical thing and they have you check your your blood oxygen and the, it there's a little device that um if you're over at the hospital they just clip this thing on your finger but you can even buy them and they're little battery operated things and you clip them on a finger and they give you the percentage of oxygenation in your blood. And it is actually a case where in COVID-19 what they were finding, especially in the early days, was that there were people who didn't who didn't understand that they were compromised in terms of their lungs, um, and they were mm -hmm. by the time they got to the hospital, their um, oxygenation was really low. Mm. And this is an example where if you had one of these devices on, you can actually check your. And I'm sure there are some people who've got various uh, uh, things like asthma, other conditions involving um, bringing in oxygen into your body, where you need to check and see that your oxygen level is. At a you know above a certain threshold, so and then this will also um, apparently warn um, you've, your various. Although that's a, a different feature, that's your your oxygen uptake for uh, workouts. So you know it is actually a, a really relevant thing. Well, there is the uh, later this year they said they would be able to give you notifications like they do with the the heart monitoring stuff. Mm -hmm. I actually think that maybe Apple didn't get the approval they needed in time because they, they they really didn't talk. In, in my opinion, very much about the health benefits of, of this in the same way that they did with the ECG. Yeah. I feel like the ECG presentation was much more impactful than mm -hmm. the blood oxygen sensor because you've done a better job of explaining to me why I would want this sensor than I think the presentation did. And yet they said that they are doing like an, an uh, asthma study with UC Irvine. Um, and so they are working on some of this stuff. Those studies don't mean anything to me, right? They're like, I can't, I can't use them. And like, it doesn't tell me why it's helpful to me, you know? So I think they, I think this is one of those examples where they did an hour long presentation and they, and they were a little more ruthless in, in going into the details of it. But you're right. There's possibly a regulatory thing too. Although I think if it's in the product, they've had to go through regulatory stuff about it. I think it's interesting that it doesn't do it. Uh, the other thing it doesn't do is it doesn't do it constantly. They, they've built it into an app and you open that app and then it runs and in 10 seconds it gives you a number. Well, no, they did say it does periodic readings too. Sure, sure. But it's not gonna, it's not doing it all the time. It, right. it will do it periodically just like it, if you're not doing a workout, it will do your heart rate periodically. So it's just adding it to that level. The way it works is kind of amazing, right? It's But it's the way all these sensors work. They, believe it or not, shining a light down onto your skin and measuring the color uh, tells how much um, oxygen is in your blood. It's pretty wild, but this is uh, this is what we can do. And now the Apple Watch will be able to do that too. Yeah, I, I, I get the feeling from from you and from the just there's many people in the Discord telling me now about all the benefits. Like, mm -hmm. I can see that this is a good sensor to have. I just really feel like it wasn't... I didn't get it from what they were telling me, basically. And maybe there, there's something missing, but I, I didn't get it. You wanted more... 
about why why the oxygen sensor is relevant for you. I I understand that. Yeah, my um my dad had uh, essentially um, it's COPD, basically emphysema, mm-hmm. uh, breathing thing, and he had to have his little uh, his little blood oxygen testing thingy. And so this is a this is one that's just in your watch. And uh, there is the S6 chip inside of this. I noticed uh, Jeff Williams referring to this chip as Apple Silicon, which yes. I didn't know. I've not noted Apple mentioning that phrase before. No. So I guess they will call all chips they make Apple Silicon now. I guess, unless there's going to be another brand for it, it sounds like Apple Silicon is going to be the way they brand across all of their uh, mm-hmm. all of their processors. Interesting that that's a kind of effect of the Mac transition, but now they're talking about it for the Apple Watch, and you know, presumably we'll do the same for the iPhone. Um, in a nutshell, this enables a better always-on display. Um, it can be two and a half times brighter outdoors now is one of the things they were talking about. But Yeah, I like it, that. It seems like that's the main benefit. Um, the, one of the uh, word clouds, the visual word clouds, noted that this watch has a U1 chip. Yeah, it's ultra-wideband support. So this is that thing that, that we talked about a lot for the, the last round of iPhones that gives you um, precision location and it was only in the iPhone, and so it was sort of like one iPhone could find another iPhone. Yay. But in the long run, this stuff has impact for lots of other things, including next-generation um, car, uh, using your device to open and, and run your car. Like, the first generation of those is using near-field stuff, but um, the next generation of that, and, and probably, you know, basically, starting in a few years, all cars will have ultra-wideband as, as how you... Uh, you know, use your devices to open them and start them. And this Apple Watch has that now. Also, the rumor about, um, you know, air tags and things like that, the idea that this is a precision location thing. So where's my where's my Apple Watch? You should be able to do a find my on your Apple Watch and find exactly where it is because of the ultra-wideband stuff that's in it. So that was a, a little subtle thing just mentioned in passing. But, you know, that stuff's going to be in every Apple mobile device before too long. Apple is still quoting 18 hours of battery for this watch. There's no change there. Mm-hmm. Um, they had lots of new watch face designs. Um, some of these, you have to help me with this, Jason. Mm. I, I believe all of these seemed new to me. Like, I don't remember yes. seeing these for Watch OS 7. And this is my question, I think, is, is Apple limiting some of these things to the new watch? Or did Apple hold back some features from watch os 7 in order to show them off at the apple watch launch event right and i don't okay. i don't know the answer but it strikes me that some of these features are i mean there are definitely features in both ios and watch os that were announced today even so, though wwdc was yeah. was in june they announced these features today and so they, they they clearly have held back. So our our old theory, which is, well, you know, they announce most everything at WWDC, but they hold back some features that are integrated with the hardware. Mm-hmm. That's not really entirely true this time. They held back some features that every device is going to get, but they wanted to make the big splash with them as part of a larger story today. And I guess stuff like watch faces, I mean, they don't really need to be in the developer betas, right? They, they Apple's right. made them... Um, they don't need testing as such. Um, yeah. But, so one of the watch faces that I'm excited about is a GMT watch face. And a GMT watch face typically means 
tracking multiple time zones on the same watch face. Um, like I have a, a world timer, GMT timer on right now. It's a, not obviously not an Apple Watch. Um, and I like that style of watch personally, so uh-huh. I'm intrigued to try that out. There is a, a, a face called CountUp, which is for like timing, for interval training, I think. There's a typograph, uh, they call it, watch face, which I like the look of. Um, an art watch face. They, they worked with an artist to create a face... Which is a face. Which is, is a face, a hum- human face, yeah. Um, and then Drawing also thing. Memoji faces, uh, mm-hmm. watch face. They have a stripe one, which is great because the stripe one basically allows you to create flags. These could be country flags, pride flags, football team, soccer team, baseball yep. team flags. I thought that was a very good idea, letting people create their own watch face there, really. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see if they all come. I, I believe they do, and and I want to try those out a little bit um, myself, especially that GMT face. They mentioned um, the watch face sharing in WatchOS Seven. Did you catch what Jeff Williams kept saying during this segment? Yeah, there's a face for that. There's a face for that. Now, in case you don't remember, that the old campaign was there was an app for that, right? Well, and they're conflating a bunch of things here, too, which is there are watch faces and there are also complications mm-hmm. that come from apps, but they allow you to build a watch face around. It's an interesting idea because it's like it's not the watch face necessarily. It's a watch face with a complication from a particular app in it, um, which is kind of broadening the definition of what a watch face is uh, in, in that way. But I thought that was clever. Yeah, and you know, because this is, is that like like complication thing, but it's a whole combination, as you say, right? That they're really letting people kind of build and share the whole thing, right? So the Apple Watch Series Six starts at three hundred and ninety nine dollars, um, and this can be pre ordered now. It ships this Friday along with the yeah. Apple Watch SE, uh, which effectively looks like the Series Four. It has the S five chip. It comes in LTE versions. It starts at $279. They also pointed out $12 a month on Apple Card, which is a new uh-huh. thing they're doing. $279 feels higher than what I thought this watch was going to be. Yes. Yeah, that was surprising. It is It is basically... So our thought was to replace the Series 3. And the idea is it's it's the Series 4 with some upgrades in it to make it a little more current uh, yep. because the Series 4 went away, right? They kept the Series 3, but the Series 4 went away. And so they've essentially brought it back as the SE, but couldn't you know, couldn't get the price down with, again, with the margins that they want to uh, low enough to remove the Series 3. So we're in, in a situation now where there are essentially three watch generations for sale at one time. You've got the SE, which is a hybrid of the series four and the series six essentially and then you've got the series three still kicking around i couldn't i yeah i was very surprised about the series three um it, yeah me yeah, too it really <laughs> felt like not the the plan like it didn't feel like what i thought the plan was right that it's like we now have these two models that's it and every year or every whatever we iterate on them but then keeping the S3 around, I mean, for, for developers, it's like, well, now they've still got the older watch around with yeah, different with the screen size. Different screen sizes, yep. Um, I, I think yeah. I you can see the trajectory here, right? Probably next year the Series 3 goes away. Um, but 
they didn't want to because you know part of the story here is apple wants to have the apple watch start at a really low price and the series 3 gives them that and the apple watch se although it's designed to provide some some price range um they obviously i mean they didn't want to spec it down to the point there would be no point in specking it down to the point that it could replace the series 3 i guess because at that point it would be a series 3 so they decided to make it better than that i my initial reaction when this happened was i actually said this in, in to you and steven in slack which is they're they're good better besting this thing which is they're going to keep the series 3 around in order to say look at apple watch it starts at 199 or whatever but you're going to you're going to get in there and then you're like yeah but the SE is way better like that's that's buying psychology 101 right is you offer good better best and you get a lot of people mm-hmm. who were thinking of good good gets them in the door and then they buy better or they're thinking better and they get upselled to best right those are the options there but i'm not sure how many people are going to actually buy the series 3 it's still a pretty good deal for that price but here's the SE it's a little you're getting a lot more for that price difference so I, th- I think they'll also get a lot of people in the door for the uh, for the base model, and then they'll they'll sell them up to the SE. The SE is missing always on. It's missing ECG, and it's obviously missing the blood oxygen sensor. Right, They're kind of like the big things that it that it doesn't have that the series line does have. And I guess over time, it's going to trickle. These all of these things will trickle down. I guess the expectation now is there will be. I would now assume there will probably be an Apple Watch SE every year, and they will do this like the iPhone line. I I don't know about every. I mean, I think I think the Apple Watch SE is here to stay, but um, I imagine that it will just be on sale for a couple of years at least. I don't think it's going to change next year. I think it's going to sit here. Series three has made me question that. We'll say. No, I think. Yeah, I think the Series three will die next year or the year after and the se will soldier on and then at some point they will have to upgrade the the se because it will be too long in the tooth but for now um and it's funny they they chose se which goes with the iphone uh thing i I think it's interesting that they had an opportunity to create like an apple watch sport brand that really was for this but they i think they don't want to do that because they like the idea of saying the apple watch is what you want it to be it can be a fitness device or it can be a health device or it can be you know, whatever you want it to be. So why brand it? SE doesn't mean anything, essentially. We have new watch bands. Uh, there are two models of a loop design that have no clasp of any kind. Mm-hmm. You basically just slip it over your wrist and it's like stretchy. Comes in many sizes because obviously there needs to be many sizes for a product like this because you have to um, get it to be uh, exactly what you want. They're calling it the solo loop and they do it in a rubber and a, a nylon, I think it's like a, a woven fabric. Yeah, it's like polyester and and uh, and and silicone woven together. It really, kind of feels like something you want to try on, huh? Yeah, right. I mean, that was my immediate thought was like, this is the perfect thing to sell in a store, which makes it kind of a a tough sell now. And I know that you can like print out a a thing and wrap it around your wrist or whatever, but like you'd really want to try it on. And inst- and th- this seems like exactly the wrong time for this kind of band to be out there, the the non-adjustable band. But this this is what Apple has decided to focus on this time. They look they look great. I mean, there is the argument that why do you need an adjustable band? if your arm is always really relatively the same size, although that's not entirely true. Like depending on even the time of day, your wrist can be um, bigger or smaller. I wouldn't want to be taking my watch off by stretching it over my hand every day. No, I 
I wouldn't want that either. Yeah, no, th- these didn't want. really appeal to me at all. But that's okay because I mean there are lots of different watch band mm-hmm. styles at this point. Yeah, I could imagine people wanting this who are maybe doing some kind of sporting activity and are, and are uncomfortable with maybe the watch getting caught and being pulled off, right? Like I could see uses for it, uh, but it's that's this is not a band style that I would like. Um, yeah. But I, what I do love is that Apple continue to iterate in this area. I think it's yeah. really cool that they keep doing things that are outside of what I normally see in the watch world. You know, they, they do these peculiar things, which I think is the right thing for them to do because the Apple Watch really continues to look like a product not from the watch world. And, I mean, right. it's fine. It's totally fine. I think the Apple Watch is continuing to look better and better all the time. So I figure continue to keep pushing things forward with the watch bands, not just in color, um, because they could just keep making different colors of sport bands forever and people keep buying them. But if you want me to keep buying the bands every year, give me new things, new features, new functionality. I think it's cool. Uh, they mentioned family setup, which is yeah. um, encompassed some stuff that we already knew about, but added some stuff that we didn't. Um, this will effectively allow for you to, with one iPhone, maybe you as a as a uh, a parent, be able to set up multiple watches, maybe two for kids and maybe one or two for some grandparents, all with one phone. Um, and they have a selection of family-focused features, like you can specify certain contacts that can be reached, um, location alerts, that kind of thing. I think the kicker is that this requires a cell model. Yeah, because they get their own phone number assigned to them and they need to stand alone. So yeah. you need to be able to have them be their own thing and be on have a network connection all the time because that's the that's the point of them is you know your kid is wearing it you know where your kid is yep. and they can call for help and all of those things my hope would be that they will be able to work with the carriers to create these basically like pooled plans um mm-hmm. and that you're not going to need to get like four different cell plans because that no, would kind of suck generally the carriers will offer an Apple Watch, you know, and it's literally, it's just add this person to your plan for an additional, I think in the US, it's $10 a month for at least for my, for my AT&T plan, it's $10 a month to add my Apple Watch to my, my shared plan. Yeah, but you see, that's like, but then if you add four of them, then you're paying $40 a month more. Yeah. You know, where like, what I would like is, you know, you pay $20 and everyone gets this pool of data and it's shared. But the thing is, that might be what it's like in America. It's going to be different in all different countries. Different everywhere. And and any carrier can change it, right? Like, there may be a carrier who wants to create, like in the US, maybe T-Mobile says, well, we're going to give you for $15 a month, you can... uh, pair as many apple watches as you want on the plan Mm -hmm. and and then that'll be an interesting way that they compete yep and which will be perfectly within their rights to do so right like this this is basically just a choice that the carriers will make and and that's that they will be removing the power brick from the watch boxes so it still ships with the cable Um, i went through the checkout process to see if they had any uh process for this uh, there were no, there was no alert for me to say that it wasn't going to have the brick in the box, and it wasn't shown to me as a thing that I should have added in. Which, when we were talking about, there was a conversation uh, a little while ago about the iPhone doing this, and I think it's pretty clear that the iPhone will do this, even though crystal clear. No, the new iPads do still ship with it, the mm-hmm. brick in the box. Yeah, but that's different. That's a USB C charger. Not everybody has a USB C charger. Point. Yeah, good point. Good point. Good point. But a regular USB A style, mm-hmm. relatively low, you know, like yeah, that that yeah. 
But yeah. I was I was surprised it just did it didn't say like hey do you want this you know I thought that it would do that and, and at least at the current checkout process it doesn't do that. no apparently you have to go somewhere and then and then say you want one and mm-hmm. then pay an extra fifteen bucks I think yeah. it's on the accessories page that they throw you to you know like you add something mm-hmm. to the cart and they're like you want one of these accessories but it's way below like all the bands and stuff yeah. and th- this is this is the part that bugs me is Apple gets to do what it wants here but. They're they know that people are going to complain about this and are going to be surprised by it, but they buried in the environmental thing. They 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 mentioned that it's it's really everybody's got them already, so we're just going to leave it out. And uh, but you if you want one, you can buy it for fifteen dollars. And you know, my feeling is if you wanted to come across as truly caring about the environment, you would offer it to people when they bought the product as an option for free. But mm. when you charge fifteen dollars for it as an accessory, and all your prices, you know, essentially stay, stay the, the same, same, what you're really doing is saying we just want to, you know, whatever it costs. Like we're basically leaving something out that costs X and keeping the price where it is, and generating a new revenue stream of fifteen dollar uh, chargers. It, it the environmental message falls away a little bit, and it seems more like they're nickel and diming you. And unfortunately, that is what Apple did here. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder what they're going to do with the um with the iPhone when it comes to this, like how they're going to do that messaging. If they're going to if they will say like, "Hey, do you want this?" uh in the box. It is a more expensive product. They could probably afford to offer the charger as an option for free or for like $5 or something like that if they uh when you buy it, which is the way that I advocate it is like I don't want them to give this away for free, but I think when you buy a an $800 phone, if you do want the charger, you should just get it and not say, well, that's a $15 upsell in order to get that charger mm-hmm. that we used to give you for free. And I think the truth is that most people don't need those chargers because there are so many charger blocks that you've already collected that are USB-A on that end um, or they, or you've got a, like a charger, a travel charger that you use or like, you know, there are so many. I don't need any more of them, but that's not going to be true of everybody. So I would like for them to, to on the iPhone, make that something that's a relatively inexpensive option. I can see how maybe the margins on the Apple Watch are a little bit less and they're they're a little hesitant to do that. But I'm a little disappointed that Apple doesn't just offer it as a throw-in at point of purchase. Yeah. Not after that, but at point of purchase. This episode is brought to you by Matthias, the Macintosh keyboard experts. When you need a new keyboard for your Mac, Matthias has you covered with beautiful options that you won't find anywhere else. Matthias has been around since 1989 and specializes in keyboards designed to work correctly with a Mac. That means they will work just like an Apple keyboard does. No drivers to install, no keys to flick around, nothing. Their chief design and their chief designer Edgar Matthias said that over the years, they've purposely chosen to focus on making products that Apple doesn't offer so Mac users have more choices available to them, which is why they offer backlit wireless keyboards beautifully designed to fit in and work perfectly with your Mac. They have a programmable Ergo Pro, which is an ergonomic mechanical keyboard with amazing comfort and spacious gel palm supports. Their top seller right now is the Matthias Wired Aluminium Keyboard um, or Aluminum Keyboard which is a worthy successor to the original Apple-wide aluminum keyboard that was discontinued back in 2017. Something else that's super cool, all their wired keyboards have built-in hubs 
as all proper Mac keyboards should, so you have a place to plug in your mouse, the occasional flash drive, whatever it is. Their function keys work just like they do on an Apple keyboard. You'll have no loss of functionality. There's nothing new to learn. Everything just works correctly right out of the box, but you get that choice. What I love, like I was looking through all the keyboards that they have, they, no matter what type of keyboard you want, Matthias has an option for you. Like if you want something, and there is one. That is the Tactile Pro, Mike. It's right here. Yep. And, then, and here's the Quiet Pro. They have so many choices, so many like uh, wired wireless, uh, loud, quiet, <laughs> Apple style, Old Apple uh, style. Old, old style Apple. <laughs> yep. All of it uh, is there. Yes, I have two uh, Matthias keyboards in my uh, in my collection here. And they have different sizes of them. So they have like the Tactile Pro and then they have like, the Quiet Pro, the Mini Quiet Pro, Mini Tactile Pro. They have a 60% keyboard. Oh, yeah. They have so much stuff. They even do a Dvorak keyboard if that's something you want. Like what I really love about these products is they do fit in with a Mac. They are thought of and designed for the Mac but you get the options that you may be used to getting with Windows PCs. So I think it's super awesome that they have these. I love a good keyboard, like really do. And this is becoming, uh, people listen to the show know, a more important thing in both of our lives, especially <laughs> mine. And I really do feel like when I have a great keyboard in front of me that sounds good and feels nice, I feel more productive because I enjoy typing, right? It's simple, but I love it. Head over now to matthias.ca slash upgrade and you will get a 10% discount. That is M-A-T-I-A-S dot C-A slash upgrade for a 10% discount. Go there right now, check them out, get yourself a great keyboard. I recommend it. And if you're in the UK, like me, they have a UK distributor called The Keyboard Company. Uh, go to matthias.ca slash upgrade slash UK and you can get that too. Our thanks to Matthias for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so shall we talk about... Actually, before we go onto the iPad, let's stay mm-hmm. in the fitness realm and talk about Fitness Plus, an oh, Apple-created they did fitness it. service they for did Apple it. Watch. I will say, Jason, of everything in this presentation, this was the one that impressed me the most, I think, because mm-hmm. as a product offering... I'm impressed with the iPad Air, right? But like, as a product offering... Fitness Plus really ticked all of the boxes I expected. And then they had that additional like Apple level of implementation that lifted it a gear. So like, for example, what you have now is a fitness app uh, on your iPad, your iPhone or your Apple TV that adds instructional videos. They have new workouts every week. They have a team of instructors right? They have like, they have hired a bunch of instructors. Mm -hmm. They will be putting out new workouts every week. They have tons of different workout types at first, like they have rowing and they have uh, treadmill stuff, core, high intensity training. Uh, They have uh, yoga, so many, loads, right? And they're going to be adding other ones. I think they had a dance one too. Uh, When you start one of the videos, say on your Apple TV, on your iPad, it starts a workout on your watch that correlates to the video that you're watching. And then on the screen, so on your iPad screen, for example, you see live the metrics from your watch. So like your heart rate, you see that there, the timer, you see that there, it's like overlaid on the screen. And if you like hit one of your activity goals for the day, 
it fires off and tells you. You can get and and one one thing I love they said like if they want you to be like hey like keep an eye on your heart rate they like make that bigger on the screen for you. I thought that these little details were very well done. Yeah, I we expressed a lot of skepticism about this. It's like yep. oh boy, it's another Apple service. But yep. and what I think is really interesting is that it's not peloton like people are like oh it's peloton for people who don't know peloton is this company that has a bike that has its own software on it and its own service and its own instructors and it's all kind of integrated together and it's not cheap but it's all integrated together and by all accounts it's a pretty great product um apple fans should appreciate a company that is integrating hardware software and service into one thing right yeah this is this is different it's not peloton because it's approaching it with different pieces of hardware and a different hardware software services integration. And the difference is Peloton is a bike, right? And there are other services that are like Peloton, but they're like, it's a bike or it's a treadmill or whatever. Mm-hmm. And here it's Apple Watch and a display that's either a phone or an iPad or an Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can use hardware with it. So you can get on an exercise bike or a treadmill, but you can also use weights you can also just do yoga nothing, right? or, just, yeah, or, or have nothing yeah. and just be jumping around and doing whatever you need to do. And and that, because it's on your wrist and then you've got a display where they're, they're talking to you, mm-hmm. you've got, um, you, you get this, right? You get, you get it in a different set of scenarios and that's different. And it, it's not fundamentally, I think, better or worse, but it's different. And I think one of the places that they will get pickup for this, that they wouldn't, that, the barrier to getting a Peloton is enormous because of the price. Plus, the I don't here, like stationary cycling, so I would never get one. Right. So right. you wouldn't get one. But yeah. the, the barrier here is is none other than signing up for the service and you mm-hmm. get – everybody's going to get a month for free and anybody who buys a new Apple Watch is going to get three months for free. But um, they have beginner level stuff. You don't need any equipment. Absolute beginner's mode, which I right. love, which is like, hey, if you are nervous about this, like if you've not trained in a while, like – we have a program for you. And and I think that that is such a nice entry point, right? Like, and I think that's super cool. I will say like one big comparison to Peloton that this, I don't believe this service does. They didn't talk about it. I don't think it does. And what's something that people love about Peloton is the live sessions, right? So like you can right. be on a Peloton bike with a hundred people from all around the world. You just are on at the right time. And the instructor is actually talking to you and other people like will address right. you by name. And people really love that. And I get that. Right. It's like a spin class, but sure. at home or whatever. And well, give it, give but, it time. You know, if this is a wild I success, gonna, then I bet they do that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise up. me, but this is, but Peloton also do recorded classes that are like these, right? So that's where these things overlap. Yeah. But as you say, you're not paying. I mean, the Peloton monthly, like the digital plan, I think is like thirteen or fourteen dollars. It's already more expensive. Right. But anyway, like, and and you've yeah. bought a, an expensive bike in order yeah. to buy into it, right? So, so the idea here is that this is a different approach. It's similar, but it's different. And if you're somebody who is who does not have equipment and wants to get in better shape, it will actually help you do that. Mm-hmm. I think this is all really interesting. The one thing that that I thought here, and maybe they just thought people don't need this, but as somebody who's been running lately. I look at this and I think, well, you know what I would like? I know there are apps that do this, but they should they should have a running workout that's not a treadmill, right? Mm-hmm. Like they should they should have something that is on the Apple Watch, and maybe they will at some point, where I can go for a run with my phone or with my Apple Watch mm-hmm. and have it 
monitoring my health and you know playing music and talking to me and doing whatever but the 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 primary mode at least at launch for this is it's a video program while you're exercising so you watch it you see your stats and you exercise and so therefore you know i'm not going to be watching something while i'm running out in the world but i i can see places that this could go but where it's starting, I think it's very smart. I think yep. it's very smart. Looks really interesting. Uh, will it succeed? I don't know. But I think it is a perfect fit for one of the ways that Apple has positioned the Apple Watch. They integrate with Apple Music. You can choose the style of music that you want. And if you're an Apple Music subscriber, you can get the playlists, which is fantastic, right? You're like, oh, I love that playlist. Or I love that one song. What was it? You, It's all integrated. Um, I think this yeah. is super compelling, Jason. Like, I, I really think they've done a great job here. Um, I, I, I know personally, like, I'm someone who enjoys yoga, and so, like, I, I will give it a go. I want to try the yoga workouts out. Uh, I would also quite like to just see what their beginner thing is all about. Like, I want to just go through that. Um, I didn't. I was interested in this, but I didn't think that they would sell me on it necessarily. But I feel sold on it. Like, I want to give it a go. Plus, yeah. it will be included in my Apple One bundle. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, by the yeah, way, they that's didn't exactly my thought. an actual date. It's just coming by the end of the year. By the end of the year. And in yeah. fact, um, although one of the things that I was complaining about, uh, I wrote a Macworld column about this at one point, is my frustration that a lot of the Apple Health features are not on the iPad. Um, one of the things they announced here is you have to be able, they're like, you could use your iPad. And I'm thinking, how is that going to happen? You could use your Apple TV. How? The answer is that uh, Workouts app, which is now called a fitness app, will be on the iPad and it will be on the Apple TV. But it's not like on the gold master of iOS 14 or mm-hmm. I, iPad OS 14. It doesn't exist, right? This is later right. this year, by the end of the year, it's like they will roll out another update mm-hmm. that includes this app and then they'll launch Fitness Plus, but it is not happening quite yet yeah and i imagine that the fitness app on the ipad won't sync with an apple watch or whatever right like it's it's like directly it's not going to be like the one on the iphone i can't imagine that it will pull data in in the same way or show it to you in the same way I don't know. Our, our friend uh, uh kyle's the gray who uh himself has been in an apple watch video <laughs> an apple mm-hmm. event um points out jim kit he mentioned jim kit and it's something that i wanted to mention which is there is a path forward here for apple that makes them take on um things like Peloton a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but I don't think Apple's going to be manufacturing exercise equipment, right? Mm -hmm. But Apple has already shown with some of the gym stuff that they've done where they're having it so that Apple devices can connect to gym equipment and read data off of them. And I feel like this is a direction that Apple will go even further in, right? Because Apple ultimately is going to want, they don't want to build exercise equipment, but they want to participate and are already starting to participate in standards that are supported by exercise equipment so that they can read data and potentially even adjust the settings on that equipment during a guided workout. And that's, you know, Apple doesn't have to build a bike. Apple just needs to continue to work with exercise equipment manufacturers to talk to their equipment and then they can do things with those as part of fitness plus yeah like peloton they earlier this week introduced a new bike that integrates with the apple watch it's called the bike plus so like you know you're right right like apple don't need to do this they can just keep providing the the functionality and let other people pick it up and then they also have their own stuff so yeah apple one the services bundle is here okay it's they here. barely spent any time on it. <laughs> um, there are three tiers. There's the individual tier, 
which is music, arcade, TV+, and 50 gigabytes of iCloud storage. It costs $14.95 a month. You save $6 a month if you pay for it this way. There's the family tier, which is music, TV+, arcade, and 200 gigabytes of iCloud. It's $19.95 a month. You save $8 a month, and this is the one that would be in the family plan, right? The $14.95 a month you can't share with your family plan. Right. Then they have another one called Premiere, and now they've announced it. I understand why this exists. Music, TV+, arcade, news+, fitness+, two terabytes of iCloud. The website says share with up to five people, which was peculiar, um, because it doesn't say family plan like the other one does. That's what it means, although I don't know whether you I, I don't know. I, yeah. I I struggle with this too because it's like I should probably add my mom to my family plan because she's paying ninety nine yeah. cents a month for iCloud and it's like d- does she want to be in in the I mean she's in my family but is she in my Apple iCloud family? It's like yeah. I don't know. But it's, it's but surely maybe. family sharing. But it's just the way they said it was weird to me. Yeah, this is twenty nine ninety five so. a month. You save twenty five dollars a month because Fitness Plus is ten bucks, right? So like, yeah. Um, now this plan only exists in countries where all of those services exist. And all of those services, News Plus, Fitness Plus, do not exist in every country that TV, music, arcade do. Right. So you can't get the premier plan if you are in many places in the world. Yeah, I think it's going to be like six countries or five countries that will have the premier plan. But I did the math. Because I currently pay for two terabytes of iCloud for my Mm -hmm. photos and my device backup. That's $10 a month. I pay for Arcade. That's $5 a month. I pay for Music Family Plan. That's $15 a month. I will soon be paying $5 a month for TV+. Plus. That's $34.87. So right there on the stuff that I'm already or about to be paying for, I've saved money. Yeah, I've saved $5 a month. And I get News Plus, which I don't think is worth paying for, but I I tried it. I, free. I, I went back for a month and I found, oh, you know, there's a bunch of paywall stuff that I hit that I don't hit with News Plus. It actually, it's not enough for me to pay for it monthly, but it has it has some value if, if I get it thrown in. And then Fitness Plus intrigued me and I thought, do I want that or not? And I look at Premiere and I think, oh, well, I'm just going to get it because I'm already saving $5 a month and I've rolled in two more Apple services that I might have been on the fence about. So it's not for everybody, right? Like I, I, I look at the iCloud numbers, the sizes of those iCloud um, bundles at the individual and family level, and I think they seem awfully small. You can add more storage and pay a little bit extra to expand your iCloud storage beyond that. Um, on top of the bundle, uh, but it does look, it's a little scant, the iCloud storage at both of those levels. I wish they had thrown in a little bit more storage there. But as somebody who's already paying, you know, $30 and it's about to be $35 a month to Apple for existing services, I look at this and I think this is great because it's going to save me money. And if you're in, and I think a lot of our listeners probably are, depending on what country you're in, already in a position where you're paying Apple $20, $25, $30 a month mm-hmm. for services, then you look at Apple One and you're like, well, I just saved money and got more. Um, it's not for everybody, but no. that, I mean, that's the beauty of a bundle is they, they're not making you buy a bundle. You can buy them individually, but if you're interested in enough of them to make it worth it, you can you can either save money or pick up some services that you didn't really want, but you wouldn't turn away if they gave it to you as part of the bundle. 
hilariously the the pounds prices are the same it's 1495 1995 2995 hmm. so i'll play i'll basically be paying about $40 a month for this but that's what apple does these days jason they that's, just swap out the currency uh, sim- they, symbol and, if uh, the you know if the if the american dollar is uh, good enough for us it's good enough for you i guess uh, no no cuz if i was paying the american dollar jason i would be saving money nope no, nope. I, I'm just okay. saying that it's worth thirty. It's worth thirty American dollars, and therefore it's worth thirty everywhere, except in Canada, where it's worth thirty-five. iPad eighth gen, super boring. Uh, they yes, yes. Look, look. The iPad eighth generation, like the seventh generation before it, it exists to be sold for three twenty-nine or two ninety-nine for education. It's it, it exists to have a cheap iPad. Mm-hmm. It exists so Apple can stand on stage or in a video and say. We now have an A12 Bionic in this. So again, it's you know a couple-year-old processor, but uh, as they pointed out, like it's still way faster than most Chromebooks and a lot and tablets mm-hmm. and and stuff that, that that it competes with, especially in education. And so they, you know, it's a boring. It's the old classic iPad. It it and it's just got a a newer chip that's still two years old, but it's newer than what it was. And it exists like they it, it it's it's gonna be boring it's always gonna be boring but it's super important for apple remember when apple was really dinged because the ipad was too expensive and there were a bunch of cheap tablets like that doesn't happen so much anymore because apple has a cheap ipad now and it's this one and we're all bored by it but it's super important that it exists yeah um, look it is an important product in the lineup like i don't deny uh, but this is one of the things that if this was a more combined event, like maybe this would have been, uh, I don't think this would have made it in to the event, right? Like if, if iPhones were coming then and Apple decided they also wanted to show off iPads and, and watches in the same event as an iPhone, I don't think this one would have either A, been in it, or B, got as much time as it did, yeah. but they may as well put it in while they're talking about the iPad. Sure. Before we get onto the iPad Air, real-time follow, real-time follow-up from friend of the show, Mark Gurman. Uh, that the titanium Apple Watches and Hermes Apple Watches keep the power adapter in the box. Therefore, really just underlining what you were saying about it being a cost-saving measure. Because yeah. what is it, like titanium Apple Watches are like bought by people no, with more pe- carbon offsets? Like, what's the thinking? Pe- no, people who buy titanium Apple Watches are just well-known to not have power adapters. They just don't have them. Who knows why, but <laughs> they don't. Why. They need they throw them. them out every time. The iPad Air, basically an iPad Pro, and in some ways even more pro than the current iPad Pro. The design, it has the liquid retina display, so it has that edge-to-edge display. The flat sides, but it comes in some colors as well as the regular colors. <laughs> colors! We have green, blue, and rose gold. Funnily enough, Jason. The blue is a different color to the blue of the Apple Watch, and the gold is a different color gold to the Apple Watch, which makes me think if I was going to, like, thumb in the air, right, I bet the iPhone 12's colors match the iPad Air, and the Pro colors match the Apple Watch Series 6. Oh, interesting. That would be my thinking on that. Um, I just, again, you know, I'm I'm giving a slow clap to Apple for putting colors in their products. iPad Air, you get a blue iPad Air, great. 
I want to get a color in the pro mm-hmm. line, I will at Same. least like say, you know what, fine. Like if you don't want to do it in pros because pros are too serious in your mind for some reason, then you should at least do it here. And they have, and the colors look great. I really like the green one. I think the green one looks really nice. Green one looks really good. No, it, it's it's great. I'm just so happy. Like a- Apple just goes back and forth on colors, but I'm very happy that they did that. And this is something that we talked about yesterday and have been talking about for a while. Apple's been super aggressive at taking iPad Pro features and pushing them down to the other iPads. Apple mm-hmm. is not afraid of moving those Pro features down after a couple of years. And yep. here you have it, right? The iPad Air is essentially a a low-end iPad Pro at this point. It's missing some of the features of the iPad Pros, but it's picked up. Apple Pencil 2, uh, support for that Magic Keyboard, which you doubted yesterday and I thought would happen. And it's it, this thing is the same size as the small iPad Pro, and so uses all the same stuff, including that Magic Keyboard. So it's got a lot of those features. It doesn't have ProMotion. It doesn't have the sensor stack for you know for uh, Face ID. Oh, yeah. Face ID and LiDAR. Yeah. And a slightly smaller screen. It's like 10.9 right. instead of 11. Right. Doesn't have the two back cameras or the LiDAR, but it's, but you know, it's close. And then mm-hmm. it's got, they've got a brand new first time scene touch ID sensor on the power, power button. button. Yep. And the touch ID sensor, you know, they're using the power of the A14, which we'll get to in a minute. And, and they're, scanning that finger and you're training it you know you move your finger all over like you do when you train touch id people who have face id for a while may have forgotten this um and then even though that is a a smaller surface area than usually for touch id um it's scanned that whole finger and it can take a cross section whatever cross section of your finger lands on it and fairly quickly uh wake it up and in fact you can there's two different ways to do it you can like push the button in and then uh after you pushed it in, you rest your finger on it for a moment and it pops open and unlocks. Or you can actually tap the screen because it's got the tap to wake on, on the iPad Air. So you can tap to wake and then just just, just tap rest. your finger on the on the uh, home screen or uh, home button for a moment and it yep. unlocks. So it's uh, that's really exciting. Whether <laughs> Apple will bring a Touch ID button to other products in its mobile product line remains to be seen, but I think it's really cool that they did that here. Yeah, I guarantee they will, but it won't be this year. That's that yeah, would be this, where I put this, in my money. This is the thing. My yeah, I think if I had to bet, it would be that Apple's kicking themselves that they have this tech and that they that they couldn't get it in the iPhone because yeah. the iPhone lead times are too long. But they yeah. do have it, and so I would almost make a bet now that in the long run, every iPhone will have a Touch ID button on it just for convenience. Just sake. Why not? Right? Just why yeah. not? Um, like authenticate me in whatever way you can get to me first, right. based on the way that I've I've. To, like you interacted with the device yeah um so i would say like you know i agree with what you're saying right that like we spoke about this that it is the right move to bring all of these features they've just done it faster than i expected right like i, I did not expect that that was the magic keyboard was the big surprise to me because it really felt like the differentiator and now it's it's you know it's got USB-C. this thing too like it's it's it is i think a very difficult like if you want to get the the regular sized iPad right now, I don't really know why you'd get a Pro. Like the only real thing that that you could benefit from is the ProMotion display. But honestly, I mean, a Face ID. I do like Face ID on my iPad. I will say that. But if you've not had it on an iPad, I don't think you'd you would you'd feel like you were missing it, right? Like you because. Sure. 
the touch ID and the power button is a nicer place, I think, than it's the a, home button. So yeah, if you're coming from an iPad Pro, but no, nobody's coming from an iPad Pro to an iPad Air, right? Like they're coming from yeah. the previous iPad Air or from the iPad, from iPad or and so like they're that. not gonna they're gonna be so blown away by the things that did come from the iPad Pros. I don't think they're gonna cry too much about not having Face ID. Yeah, and again, like uh, Emma's saying in the chat, the speakers are different. Like, of course, and the speakers in the iPad Pro yeah. is absolutely fantastic. But yeah, so there's. There's four speakers in the iPad Pro. There are only two speakers in the iPad Air, but they are side by, you know, they're on the opposite sides now. So you do get the stereo so kind still. of effect. So it's better. It's not the same. Yeah, but so it's, it's like, again, like if you're coming from anything other than the current iPad Pro, I mean, but look, there is an argument to be made for some people that they might want to go from the 2018 Pro to this. Sure. Because this has the A14 Bionic chip, the first Apple device to get this chip, yes. which is fascinating and shows you the weird time frame, like the weird, like wibbly wobbly time that we're in. Because I guarantee yeah, you, the, this was not supposed to be the first product. It's the of the first A14. time since the iPad two that an Apple chip family has debuted in something other than an iPhone. <laughs> And for it to debut in the, like, like, and I know it's like the iPad 2 was obviously a consumer product, but like it was different then, right? But the idea is like, if this had debuted in an iPad Pro first, if we would have got this chip in the 2020 iPad Pro, we wouldn't have really batted too much of an eye at it, right? Like, it's like, okay, of course, right? But the A14 Bionic chip has, is a five nanometer chip. It is six core CPU, which is 40% faster a four-core GPU, which is 30% faster, two times faster neural engine, 10 times faster machine learning accelerators. This thing is a beast. Yeah, and and it's funny because they did do a little chip presentation, but I suspect that they held a bunch of hype back because they're going to want to hype it again when the iPhone comes out and explain again just why the A14 is so great. But they did sort of split the difference here and do the A14 launch now Mm -hmm. and talk about why it's so great. It's, you know, it's got the four performance cores and two uh, energy efficiency cores and all that. You know, it's a six-core processor. Um, It's got a bunch of machine learning, like you said, accelerators. And the idea here is that it's much more efficient at machine learning. And this is obviously something Apple cares about across the line. And let's say it, like, not only is this the first product to carry this generation of Apple Silicon in it, uh, and it's an iPad Air, (laughs) and the iPhone will follow... But let's just say it like this is also almost certainly the generation of chip that will go in the Mac for the first time. And here it is on the iPad Air. It's funny. Funny yeah. how life comes at you fast sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I uh, I am really excited to see the benchmarks from this thing. I really want to see the benchmarks from this thing. Um, to really just yeah. truly understand what are we dealing with here because it feels like this is very powerful. And I wonder, like, is will we see this year an A14X in an upper product? Or will we wait? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the iPad Pro has to have the equivalent of an A14X in it. We've debated whether you could do a low-end Mac, like a MacBook, using just the A14 and get away with it. And the answer is maybe. I reckon you could. I reckon you could. Possibly. Maybe. And so if that's Apple's plan, then maybe they wouldn't need that. But I feel like the iPad Pro chip is going to be in most of the Macs that they release. So whether that's this fall or next spring, we'll see. Do you think we're going to see another iPad 
Pro this year? Like, where did I go now with the iPad Pro? I think that's the the real question is the iPad Pro is on the clock, right? There, there are so many... The It makes sense for Apple to do this and pull Pro features down to the iPad Air. I think it's great. I think it makes sense. But it also implies that they've got a next step for the iPad Pro, which honestly... It's going to be mini LED, right? Th- this year's very middling like not an update update for the ipad pro uh-huh. also actually strongly suggests that there is a much bigger update coming yeah but it's not it was not ready yet so maybe that's early next year um and and yeah does the display technology change what other stuff are they doing in that product in order to vault it further because although i think apple is comfortable having the low-end ipad pro and the ipad air be where they are now I would say in the long run, they're too close for comfort. Um, this is this is that moment when they're close, but then the yep. iPad Pro is going to get a boost and then be appreciably better in a whole bunch of ways that it isn't right now. But what those ways are remains to be seen. I don't know. It sounds like the rumors suggest that this is a more of a next year thing than it is. And I, I, would, I would believe that if for no other reason than Apple bothered to do uh, an iPad Pro update this year. Mm-hmm. And that suggests that they they needed some time before the next iPad Pro was going to be ready to go. Yeah. In addition to doing USB-C, that means that it does 4K video out. So that's yet another thing that it's got going on. So it's got USB-C and that means all the video out you'd expect. So it'll do a 4K video out just on an iPad Air for starting at $599, right? Like So, so bringing down the uh, iPad Pro price, a lot of these features now come down to $599, which is... Apple's been doing this for a few years now that when they finally kind of got the iPad product line where they wanted it. And this is just, you know, the machinery continues to spin and those features keep coming down in price as time goes on. So here we yeah. are. The uh, 11 inch iPad Pro starts at 799, uh, but that is for 128 gigabyte. So that 599 model is, I think, somewhat unfortunately, a 64 gigabyte model. Yeah. But it's five ninety nine. I mean, again, I know, I know, yeah. I know. But it's that's super, such a super small amount, and this tops out at two hundred and fifty six gigabytes at seven forty nine, uh, is where the iPad, uh, where the iPad Air tops out. But again, fantastic product gets all the incredible accessories available to it. Um, really, like the Apple Pencil too, is just like an absolute winner. Like, yeah, this is a fan, absolutely fantastic product. Like, if I if someone came to me today and said, like, I want to get an iPad, which one should I get? This is this is my current recommendation to people. Like, even if they were saying, like, well, you know, I want an iPad Pro, I would say, look at this first because it's cheaper. You get all of the features pretty much that you are most likely to care about, and it's going to last you maybe a little bit longer because yeah. the chip is newer. I think Apple figures that the people who are buying the iPad Air are people who are upgrading mm-hmm. and getting new features mm-hmm. and are probably not iPad Pro buyers. I think that they they figure like the iPad Pro buyers know who they are and they're and self-selecting and the they're iPad Pro buyers are not buying iPad Pros right now. So like right. they're fine. And then know? throw in the magic keyboard, right? I mean that is not a cheap keyboard, but at least it does work with this thing that starts at five ninety nine. And that means that Apple's Apple's complete iPad argument just got cheaper right like here's our answer to um, other laptops is we've got an ipad plus a magic keyboard that's got keyboard pointing device and an ipad all in one and that just came down in price by a couple hundred bucks 
And that's the, you know, and Apple, like I said yesterday, happy to sell more magic keyboards to whoever wants one for the, you know, price and the profit margin they're getting from that thing. This episode of Upgrade is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Breaking up your old wireless provider just got a whole lot easier thanks to Mint Mobile. They were the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, and now Mint Mobile is introducing their unlimited data plan for just $30 a month. That's right, an unlimited plan for 30 bucks. How much is your soon-to-be X wireless provider charging you? I bet it's more than that. For people that hate their phone bill and are already ready for something new, Mint Mobile offers their premium and limited plan for that fantastic price of $30 a month. And they do this by going online only, eliminating the traditional costs of retail and passing those savings back to you. All of their plans come on limited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So using your own phone with any mobile plan, you keep your same number or your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Jason, I believe Mint sent you a, a, a SIM. Could you talk about how easy it was to get set up? Yeah, sure. Just pop the little uh, SIM card out and it's got a code on it. You put it in a phone and then you can go to their website or use an app and you put in the number and uh, you can have the option to move your existing phone number over or have them generate a new phone number for you. And that's it. Like I didn't, this is very key for me. I didn't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> I didn't have to call right? somebody. Oh, great. Didn't have to do any to? of that. Just popped in the SIM and t- t- did what I like to do, which is uh, put my finger on a phone screen and nothing more. <laughs> Break up with Big Wireless and switch to Mint Mobile's premium unlimited data plan for 30 bucks a month. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just $30 a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash upgrade. That's mintmobile.com slash upgrade to cut your unlimited wireless bill to $30 a month at mintmobile.com slash upgrade. Our thanks to Mint Mobile for their support of this show and Relay FM. Now, iOS 14, iPadOS 14, watchOS 7, tvOS 14, they're coming tomorrow, Jason. Big surprise, yeah. this one. Uh, the Golden Master releases are out now. This is, uh, this, is, this is surprising. What this tells me personally is um, Apple's timeline never changed because this is when it would be coming out. Right, like in a normal set of circumstances, we would be getting iOS 14 basically now, and we are. So even though WWDC came later, Apple stuck to their timeline. Right? Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Like this is we in in uh, 2020 version yep. B, the iPhone would have been announced last week, probably on Wednesday, and then Wednesday of the following week, which it is, is when iOS 14 would have dropped. And that's what's happening. But typically, when a new version of iOS comes out, we get a week notice. They say, hey, developers, here's the Golden Master. Submit your apps. Yeah, it's not just here's the Golden Master. It's here's the Golden Master. Here's the final version of Xcode. Yep. (laughs) Here are all the things you need to submit your apps so that they can get approved so that they can be ready when the new version of the OS ships to people so that people don't update and then your apps are weird. And then they complain to the developer that yep. their apps are broken. Because let's make it clear in case you're not that familiar with this. No developer could submit their application for iOS 14 for review until today. 
and iOS 14 comes out tomorrow. So that means for any app to be available with widgets in, for example, in the App Store, they have to have been approved between now and maybe at this point 12 hours from now. Seems unlikely um, at best. And I find that peculiar. I asked our friend of the show, James Thompson, so like I, I asked him to sense check that for me. And James says, it depends on how long app review is going to take for iOS 14 builds. Sometimes in the best conditions, app review can be the same day, but I doubt that it will be right now. I think it's almost impossible. But James said that he will try and get something in tonight and see what happens. And I have been seeing James, along with many other developer friends, fighting with Xcode, like Xcode's not working. There seems to have been an issue. Um, this is very peculiar to me. I... I've been thinking about this for the last couple of hours. I can't work out why they needed to do this, right? So they have to have watchOS 7 and iOS 14 available for the watches, right? Yes. And the watches ship on Friday. They're, yes. But why do they need to ship on Friday? Why don't they ship next Friday? Or why didn't they a week ago say, here's the GM? I don't know. I can't I, think I, of any. I can't find logic in this, Jason. It's right. a very, very weird thing to do because it's like at a time where many developers, not just indie developers, many developers across up and down, right, company sizes, are feeling frustrated at Apple. They do this, and it's like I, there's no. I can't find a logic to it because you could say like, oh, Apple wanted to get the Apple Watch sales in on this financial quarter. It's not going to make a difference to what's going no. to be a dismal financial quarter because no, there's no two, iPhones two weeks, in it. Two weeks of Apple Watch sales is not going to make that much of a difference regardless. It's not going to pick up more than like a single percentage point. <laughs> my my guess is that it was a chain of events. It was, you know, we're going to declare this a final so that we can ship it, so that we can sh- we're going to bring the Apple Watch forward and we're going to bring the iPad forward. But that means we need to ship them, which means we need to ship the OS. At which point we need we might as well build that version for the new phones when they come, and then they'll just update when they get there. Okay, I get all of that, but why you're right. The, at least the next question is Thursday why, or Friday. What, if you have to do it this week, why put iOS 14 out tomorrow? And why not release a GM last week, right? Yep. And I think maybe the answer there is some of the things that we found, which is there's things in the in the GM that weren't in the betas because Apple made some announcements and maybe there's stuff in there that wasn't in there before. Right, but then put those in iOS 14.0.1. Ship that day one in date for the new products, right? Like, yeah, I I just, this this is so weird to me. given, Given how... I mean, developers yesterday were reading the tea leaves and being like, whoa, you know, there's, there, we, we've had these updates coming fast and furious um, and that this is a sign that maybe they're about to go Golden Master. I mean, like that was out there, but not having a GM, not having the final X code, like this is, this is, it took, it took a lot of long time Apple developers um, by surprise because this is not, it's not just that it's a surprise, it's that if you want to submit with a new version of Xcode, you need to like get it and then submit it. And then literally if it comes out tomorrow, people are going to be updating tomorrow. And you're, you know, if you're really quick about it, you'll have submitted. Will it be approved? And it just, I, I come back to your thing, which is why did it need to be this way? 
And I don't know. We don't know all the details. And maybe the answer is it wasn't supposed to be this way. And then they had an issue. And then so it slipped. But they knew they had the hard deadline because they were going to have this event and they were going to announce the watch and the iPads. And so therefore they need to have it. I don't know. That's my best guess is that this isn't malicious and this isn't uninformed by people at Apple, but more that something happened that compressed the schedule beyond what you know, what they would have liked. But the end result is that developers are kind of freaked out and but it's again, unfortunate. Like, I can follow all of that, but you could have set, put the Gold Master out yesterday and you could have iOS 14 come out Thursday. Right, like you could have given more than less than 24 hours notice because people will update to iOS 14 and they're going to have no widgets. Right? Yeah, and they're going to have apps that are, that are weird and right. uh, maybe don't work right. And yep. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. Apple is, is inconveniencing their own customers. Their own customers will have a bad experience. Even if you remove our developer, like, leaning, right? Like, we lean towards developers because lots of our friends are developers, many people in our community and listeners are developers, so we are very developer-focused. But if you just look at the customer side of it, people that pay attention to this are going to be like, where are all the widgets that I was promised? Where are all the app clips? Yeah. Where is Why aren't you going to do widgets? Why there's, aren't you doing widgets? There's nothing. The answer right? is, just wait. And I just, coming. I find it, I just find it very, I, this is really weird to me. Um, it's and, it's strange. So overall, I have a question for you. Looking at everything that they announced, did this event have a reason to exist? Did it, did mm. it, should it have been? What do you think? Oh, I mean, it didn't have to exist. Like I said at the top, I like it because it's it's short and then more events, shorter events and more of them. I kind of like the idea. Mm-hmm. Certainly didn't have to. Apple could have delayed all of these too. I think Apple at some point said, okay, well, the phones are delayed. So we're going to have to delay the announcement of the phones, but we're right on time with the watch and the iPad. So we might as well just go ahead and announce them. And we have too much embedded in, especially the watch with the Fitness Plus service for us to launch it with a press release. We really, wearables is very important to us. We need to not let that go by. But we don't want to wait and hold them, hold them up for the iPhone. So let's do it. Like that was obviously a decision that they made, that they didn't want to wait. They didn't want to hold them up, but they didn't think that this was, it was more important than not having an event. And also I think it's a question of like, could Apple call more events? Like, why why not just do a an iPhone and Apple Watch event or an, uh, an iPad and Apple Watch event? Mm-hmm. So they did. So it, it didn't have to, but Apple decided why not do it? Why make them wait for the iPhone? I would say, you, you know, this is all about what's available to ship when. I'm always struck by the fact that Apple Watch... In this case, Apple Watch and iPad have have essentially nothing in common. It's literally, we're going to talk to you today about two things that have nothing in common except Apple. And if you were planning this in advance, as opposed to what this is, which is we've got the products that we've got and here they are, I would put the iPad with the Mac, right? As they've done in the past, not with the Apple Watch. It's a weird, like iPad doesn't even talk to the Apple Watch. It can't. It can't even talk to the the whole health API stuff. It's just, it won't. It's my complaint about it mm-hmm. is I think that's dumb, but it doesn't do it. So they pressed them together because that was what they had. And I, I'd say, you know, 
thematically, it's not the best fit, but they are the products that they have and they didn't want to wait. So, you know, I think that's it. I think, I think maybe it's that simple, which is, look, if we're not calling people in person to an event anyway, and we're just making a video, why don't we just make an hour long video about these two, get them out of the way. And potentially the other part of that story is we know what we've got along with the iPhone for later. And it's a lot. So we'll give all of that room to breathe and get these things out of the way when they're ready to go. And I think that's probably part of the truth is they're looking at what one event would be like with everything that's on their plate and saying, that's not a good idea. That's too many things. And so if we're going to break it up, why don't we just do an event in the, in the traditional mid September slot for products that are ready to ship and get them out and ship the OS and then do a second event later. So didn't have to happen, but I understand why they probably did it. It is a little bit weird thematically. doesn't really link up. They don't have one story to tell here. It's really like two stories to tell, um, neither of which is the iPhone, which is the story everybody wants to hear. But, you know, again, I don't mind that. It's a different kind of Apple event. It's not earth shattering. A lot of the criticism will be literally that it's not earth shattering. It's like, that's okay. That's okay. Personally, are you looking... We, are you interested in in any of this hardware for the snow household? Mm, I think I think probably not. I'm I'll be as always. I'll be tempted in the Apple Watch. Be tempted yeah. by the Apple Watch a little bit, just because I do use my Apple Watch a lot, and I'm you know, and I'm very excited about the colors. Honestly, the colors excite me, but probably not. This is probably not an event that's going to generate a lot of uh, hardware sales in our house. I'm, I I have no hardware I'm going to no. get at all. Uh, I'll sign up for Apple One and we'll get Yeah, well, I'll be I'll be in the bundle and I will try out the fitness stuff for sure. So the serv- on the services side, ironically, after all of that and all our complaints about Apple and trying new services, the services is the, is the stuff that you and I both walk away from this event saying, oh, I'll try that out. Yep. Don't forget, Friday, 18th of September, 2 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, twitch.tv slash RelayFM for podcast-a-thon to be there or be square and please donate at stjude.org slash relay uh, if you'd like to find links and more about this episode you can go to relay.fm slash upgrade slash 316 uh, we'll be back next week as always and i assume just one episode next week but who knows jason Snow? who knows who knows, who knows? It, 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 we it, we could be back tomorrow but we, we could probably be back won't tomorrow. be I hope not, but we <laughs> we could be. For who knows? Maybe they have like, haha, surprise, we're doing an event on Thursday. Um, but there is still a lot to come. Um, maybe next week we'll talk a little bit about that. I'm sure next week we'll be talking a bunch about iOS 14, tvOS 14, and all that good yeah. stuff. Um, and I'm sure there will be a lot of drama between now and then, Jason Snell. Uh, real-time mm-hmm. follow-up, our friend of the show, James Thompson, has submitted Dice by Peacock to the app store for well, congratulations. Reviews. So I hope mm-hmm. that James will be able to get that app out on day one. Uh, the dice by PCAL widget is one of my favorite widgets. It's absolutely beautiful. James did really a good. wonderful job with that. If you'd like to check us out online, go to sixcolors.com where Jason will be, I'm sure putting up a bunch of stuff. Um, sure. A, a question for you. Uh, are you going to have a real iOS review? <laughs> I mean, in th- yes, there will be one. I mean, it's not going to be tomorrow, is my assumption. But like, you, I, I assume you're working on something. Nope, I'm not. Okay, that's fine. So I apologize Dan, for, for saying Dan wrote Dan a piece is? about okay. iOS, 
when that went to public beta that mm-hmm. I imagine that he might adapt and turn into a, a piece that's a review. Um, and I wrote about iPad OS a little bit, and I will probably do a version of that at some point. Right. But in terms of the advanced work that I've done on iOS and iPad OS in terms of writing, um, no, none. Fair enough. None. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff still going on out there, though. If you want to find Jason online, at Jason L, J-S-N-E-L-L, I'm at I-Mike, I-M-Y-K-E. And we'll be back next time. Thank you so much to our sponsors this week, Mint Mobile, Matthias, and Hover, and to our members who uh, support the show. If you want to become a member, go to getupgradeplus.com. Until next time, say goodbye, Jason Snow. Whew. Goodbye, everybody. See you tomorrow. <laughs> no, don't say that. Thank you.